in this episode, we are talking about oracle cards. What's the difference between oracle and tarot cards? Are there right and wrong ways to use your cards? Plus some great tips for getting the most out of your card pulls. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Jamie, we had a lot of people ask us if we would talk about oracle cards and angel cards and all that kind of good stuff. So what do you say we give that a go? Yeah, let's um, let's chat about that for a little bit. I love me my cards. Like, you know, I don't go anywhere without them. I love them so much. How do you feel about cards? So I love them too. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of... Um, confusion between oracle cards what that actually is is it a tarot card um how do you use them am i using them right so there's a lot of questions that come up when you start working with them there so is and i feel like clearing those up might make people feel more comfortable using cards and that's just a good thing i think that they're just gonna help you right exactly and even if you already use oracle cards you might learn something in this that you hadn't heard or I might get you mad about something that you haven't heard before so it's worth a listen (laughs) yeah so let's start so I I thought we would first start and I'm actually I'm going to pull us a collective card okay card um I'm going to pull us a card I'm going to read the message and then at the end we're going to talk about like sort of using your intuition to for what the card might mean so we'll go over that at the end and then I'll also um we'll post it in the show notes so you can see it um awesome so just this is me shuffling I'm just giving a quick little mess around oh one fell out okay that's the one that's the one if you have a jumper you gotta you gotta use it Um, So I'm using Kyle Gray's um, Keepers of the Light Oracle card. So the card that we picked, that I chose for us as a collective, for everybody listening, is Mary Magdalene. And that it says on it, Mary Magdalene, Teacher Awakens. And then the byline is, you have something important to share. Follow the inner call. Don't let anything stop you. So, I love that so much. Yeah. So that's the card that I chose for all of us. Um, I thought that'd be a good place to start. I also really love that it's Mary Magdalene. Yes. That might be another uh, podcast topic that we <laughs> talk about. The great, widely misunderstood, underappreciated Mary Magdalene herself. Um, I think we can all, I think we can all taking her, taking her outside of religion. That might be a good topic. All right. Exactly. Forward. Sorry. So maybe the best place to start with Oracle cards is differentiating between tarot and Oracle. So I won't go into like a huge explanation as to what tarot cards are, but just briefly, they are very different than oracle cards meaning they have um very specific messages and meanings and there's it's a much more um deliberate and specific way to read those cards they have a um a defined number there's always 78 cards in a tarot deck there are four different um suits being wands cups 
swords and pentacles. Those each mean something. So if you get a cup, it means something different than if you get a wand. And that's what you learn when you study tarot. Um, they also have two different arcana, which I did not know that arcana means secret or mystery. Ooh, I didn't know that either. I know. So they have a major arcana and a minor arcana. So like the major cards are all about big life themes, themes that happen on like a grand scale in your life or in the world. And then the minor arcana, those are the cards that you use to figure out more of like the details of what you're looking into when you're pulling cards. Um, those, a tarot deck, usually almost everyone that I know that reads tarot, they use their cards um, as reversed also. So if you pull from the deck and the card is upside down, that has a different meaning than if you pull it right side up. Um, yes. So, and that then sort of adds to the details and the insight that you can get, but it also gives you another step to learn as you're studying tarot. Yes, I love tarot, but I don't do tarot. Like tarot is not the thing I reach for, for like the everyday stuff, but I do love tarot. And I also think that a lot of people want to get into cards and they start with tarot, which I don't think is the best spot. I think you should totally learn it, but it, there's a lot more to learn with that than there is with the other kinds. Yes, I think are a lot more self-explanatory just literally just pulling a card like I just pulled the Mary Magdalene and it said who it was and it said what the meaning was right off the bat I mean there's obviously more to do with that but with the tarot you're just picking up a card and you're looking at a drawing and then some Roman numerals on it and that's that's all you got until you start to really practice and study and learn and and it really is a study if 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 you really are into tarot and you really want to um thoroughly use it in your life or even make a career out of it. It's a real study. It's it's not something that you just know after a week of doing it. So, um, mm -hmm. but then, so in contrast, so that's what, that's what the tarot is. So, so that's, what we're not talking about today, but I thought it was important to discuss the differences because in contrast, Oracle cards have no set structure. Um, they usually have around 44. I know 44 cards, most of the decks that I have have around that number, but I have some decks that have like 78. I have one deck that has like 120 cards. It's it's really varying and it's up to whoever the the creator of the deck is and what they want for that deck. Um, mm -hmm. So that varies widely. Um, so with Oracle decks, usually the messages are specific to whatever the theme of that particular Oracle deck is so like this one that i pulled our mary magdalene card from the keepers of the light this one's all about spirit guides so there's like mother earth um ganesh is on here jesus is on here as an ascended master mercury um so you're going to be getting messages in this particular deck about what a spirit guide might be communicating with you but there are literally thousands of decks so you can get a deck on health you can get a deck on women's bodies what your what your your womanly body is trying to communicate with you um they have decks on abundance and messages about money and resources so it's it's really you can be super specific of the 
topic that you're looking for in an Oracle card, but they're also at the same time easy to read and get messages from. Yes, absolutely. So like, I feel like, I feel like there's two parts to that. Like one, you could grab any deck. It doesn't matter if it's a health deck or a, you know, a, like feminism deck or whatever spirit animal deck. Um, and you could get whatever you wanted guidance on. You could, you could use it for that. But it's also really nice because you can you can be like, oh, I want I want this kind of guidance. So I'm going to grab my deck that, you know, is more specific to that. So it really is flexible in that way, which I really like. Right. It's super flexible. And, and even if you're you're pulling from a an abundance deck, but you want a message about love, you could take whatever card you pull and apply it to the situation that you're needing guidance on it, it is super flexible um i just googled oracle deck oracle cards i think i googled um <laughs> and no sorry i i looked up oracle cards on amazon and there were three thousand results whoa yep and then i went on to the hay house website which if you hay house is a big sort of I don't know, what would you call them? Like a new age publishing company. They support authors. Um, lots of those authors have their own Oracle decks. Um, they themselves, Hay House, they publish 49 Oracle decks. Wow. I want all 3,049 Oracle decks. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's a lot to choose from. And, and, and that's a good thing because everyone likes different things. So that, that's, that works for everybody. Um, Plenty of flavors. There's got to be one that will work for you that you'll feel drawn to. <laughs> right. And you'll probably buy some that you, you'll buy a deck and you'll use it once or twice and you'll be like, I don't really love this one. And that's okay. You'll just get another one and you'll find one that you feel better um, suited for or that you connect with better. Um, don't you feel, Jay, with your deck sometimes, like, I'll do that, I'll buy it, I'll be, like, all jazzed about it, and then I'll use it for, like, two days, and then I'll put it away, and I'll be, like, I don't care for this. But then, like, six months or a year goes by, and I find it again, and, like, suddenly I'm into it. Like, isn't that funny how that works? Exactly. I mean, I think it's just when you need it, it's there. But I, I do find, like, I have certain decks that are my go-to, like, this particularly this Keepers of the Light one, Um the wild unknown deck I love. Um, but yeah, there's always somewhere where I'll find it and be like, Oh, I needed this now. And I forgot I even had it. And that's just sort of like more intuitive magic that things are just lining up for you. If you're uh, prepared to look for those signs, you know, totally. Or I have going to confess something to you here. And this should also be another topic. I feel like this whole episode, <laughs> we're coming up with different topics, but I have a bunch of, Doreen Virtue decks. I, there's only like one that I can still use. I, I can't use them anymore. Well, oh, bothers me. I know, I know. It is a whole controversy about Doreen Virtue and the the slow descent into madness that happened. It's brutal, but um, I, I'm with you. I, I feel I don't I never had any of her decks, but I feel like it's the same thing. If I had one, I would have to distance myself from that. Um, and yeah, that probably should be another episode. <laughs> so sometimes you might love your deck, but then 
the creator might do something that you find very harmful and you might feel like you can't use the deck again. That's all okay. Right, exactly. I mean, you have to you have to sort of tap into your own energy and see how you feel about that. Does it feel disingenuous now because the person who made it is so um, sort of violently against the things that you believe? Um, then the cards aren't the cards aren't going to work because you're going to be um, sort of wary of it every time you use it. Exactly. And don't you feel like you just do, you get like better cards when you pull them if it's like a deck you feel really connected to? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that actually leads us to what I was going to talk about next is like, how do you use it? Like, I know lots of people, Heather, I know you must get this question all the time. Like, I got this deck, I saw this deck, I had to buy it. Now, what do I do? <laughs> right? But yeah. and I get it because you don't, you don't want to, quote unquote, screw it up right? Everything feels like everyone feels like they have to do everything the right way. Or um, I want to start by saying there is no real right way. Like everything that I'm going to say to you right now are just sort of like tips, but there's no right way. And the first thing I feel like I have to address is it's sort of this new phenomena that I've seen on social media sort of number two underneath that toxic positivity stuff that we talk about that we can't stand right behind that is this spiritual gatekeeping that I see so many people participating in about like, Oh no, that's not how you do that. That's not how you use that deck or, or that's not how you um, manifest. You don't do it like that. You have to do these steps. Stop it. Everybody stop it. Yes. I, oh my gosh. Talk about something that like gets your panties in a bunch. That definitely drives me crazy. Like the whole thing about whether you want to call it spirituality or like the metaphysical or intuition and all like the whole thing about that is that it should be yours to create. It's so hypocritical to start placing rules around it, that it drives me crazy. Do not ever let anyone tell you how to do that be guided, have tips like you're going to do, but you get to decide. And I, and I get that there's, especially sort of on this cellular DNA level that, you know, women, like we always talk about in pagan times, pre-patriarchal religion, we were murdered for doing things like this. Like our intuition got us literally burned or hung or drowned. Um, so I get that there's this energy of protect, like protect the knowledge, protect what we know, pass it down so that it's safe for the people that come behind us. I get that. I respect that. I love that. What I will not stand for is shaming other people, especially people who are just learning. Um, you know, there's a meme that's going around about, oh, you know, Rebecca thinks she's a witch because she lavender oil at whole foods and sage or you know what i mean like stop it let her like let people learn let them whatever is that first step into intuition or into magic or whatever you want to call it let people take that first step and let them learn however they need to learn and by the way rebecca is a totally a witch for buying lavender oil so step off of her and yeah I agree 100% with you like enough with the shaming you're not better than somebody because you got to the 
spirituality uh, side of things first. You should right. be supportive and reaching back and helping people through. Right. And so one of the rules that I've read a lot about is you don't ever buy your first deck. Someone has to give you your first deck of tarot cards or oracle cards. Now, that might, I'm not sure where that comes from. I'm assuming it comes from a place of if you live in a mat, sort of magical or intuitive family, and that's something that's passed on, you know, from like a mother to a daughter or something like that. Or if you have a mentor or someone who's literally training you in tarot or oracle cards, great. Let them pick out a deck for you. But if you're just a regular person, like most of us are living in this world and we're just sort of relearning all this stuff that the patriarchy has like stomped out of us. You don't have someone to give you a deck. You don't know someone to give you a deck, right? Yeah, I don't understand that rule either. And when we talk about crystals and gemstones in our next episode, this is a weird thing that comes up too, where people say you should never buy your own. And I think it all comes from this weird, um, again, thing where people make spirituality not reachable. Like they make these things harder than they need to be. And again, like you're saying, they assume that you were raised by witchy parents who handed them to you. Like right. that's not the case. If you if you were gifted one, awesome. But if you weren't, go right ahead and gift yourself one. No big deal. Right. And when you are and when you're judging people about things like that, you're stepping right into ego and you're actually doing the work of the oppressor for them. Right. Oh, I love it so much, Jay. It's so true. You're just pulling yourself and them into ego. So it's it's doing the opposite of anything intuitive. Right. So that's where we start is if you want to get your own deck, get your own deck. You can look anywhere. Like I said, Amazon, Google, Etsy. Hey house. I mean, there's a million, there's, there are local shops, I'm sure near most people where you can find something like that. Um, so get your own deck. I would say go with what you're drawn to, you know, you don't have to pick a general deck to start. If you're drawn to a super specific deck, pick it, buy it, you know? Um, Absolutely. I get asked all the time, Jay, like what deck should I start with? And I wish I could say like, here's, here's the best one. I, I get that that would really simplify things for everybody, but it really has to be, what are you drawn to? Even if it's as simple as like the artwork is like use your intuition and like, try it out. Um, and like, see, talk to people, you know, who have cards and ask them to pull you a card from a few of their decks and see if you feel connected to any of them. I know I would, I do that happily for people. I know you would do that. Like, like notice if you go, if you get Reiki with you, Jay, I know that you pull cards. So like if somebody does that in that case, ask them what the deck is. Um, and they'll, they'll tell you unless they're one of those snobby people maybe, but, um, we need a name for them. Like the holier than thou spiritual people. Um, and if you like it, get it. Like, you know, it, it needs to be simple. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that if you're coming from a place of intuition, it, it can just be as simple as picking the one you feel drawn to. If you find yourself really agonizing over it, then you're in ego and you're not you're not picking from the place where you should be picking from. Um, Agreed. So, or ask, ask for a sign. Like, and right. then see if you happen to notice a deck or someone says the name of one or mentions one. Like, that will happen a lot, too. Exactly. So, you let's say you then purchase this deck, whichever one it is. Um, 
There are a couple first recommended steps, but again, you don't have to do them. But usually what people do is they open them up, take them out of the box, and you're going to find that with Oracle cards, there's the stack of cards, and then there's a book that comes with it that you can look up all the meanings. So like with the Mary Magdalene card, it had that one sentence explaining about being the teacher um, and following the path. But then if you go to the booklet, you can look up the Mary Magdalene card, and it has like a much deeper, broader explanation of what the card means. So sort of take the unpack all of that, and then... I know, Heather, what you do is you have people hold the deck and then give it a little knock on it, right? Like you're knocking on a door, you knock on the on the top of, you know, you knock on the top of the deck and that clears the energy of the deck out. Yes. And there's, you may be mentioning this in a, like coming up, but I'll bring it up here if that's okay. Um, I get asked a lot, like, oh, do you let other people touch your card decks? And I, yes, I do touch it rub it all over your body well maybe not during COVID but like <laughs> yes I do I don't feel any sort of like protection about like other people's energy getting on it um but knocking will clear it and here's why I think here's why I think other people touching it should be fine if it's not a pandemic um if if you say to me Jamie Heather can you pull me a card and I tune into your energy and pull you a card, even though I'm the only one touching it, your energy is now all over my cards. Like, do you know what I mean? So it yes. doesn't matter if you touch it or if you pull cards for people, you're right. going to get energy all over it. So just That's knock right. on it right. and it will clear all of that out and your energy will be the only thing on it. Right. So that's, and that's a really excellent point, actually. We'll be right back after this short break. And so you can knock on it. And then people also do sort of like a maintenance with it. I mean, I'm not really great about this. I'll do it if I think of it. But you can also use, um, you can also smudge around your card deck to clear the energy of it. Like you would um, burn sage or um, whatever appropriate plant you would be using you just as you would clear out a room with that smoke, you can do that around a deck also, and that will also clear the deck out. Some people do that as like a weekly maintenance. Um, I'm not that disciplined. <laughs> um, but yeah, either. you just give it a knock. And then so so then what you want to do is you want to just start connecting with them. And that is as simple as literally just holding them, shuffling them, touching them. Keeping like I know a lot of people when they first get a deck, they'll keep it and they'll keep the whole deck in their pocketbook or their backpack um, or they'll keep it on their bedside table or on their desk at work so that it's literally just near them and they're constantly connecting with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I I do that obsessively when I get a new deck. I yep. keep it with me constantly everywhere I go and you don't have to do that like that's not going like if you don't do that or if you're like oh my god I didn't do that with my decks should I throw them out of course not it just does help you feel connected it's not like this you know when you open the deck Jay and it feels too new it just kind of gets rid of that yeah it, it, it feels sort of like a stranger to you but the more you touch them and look at them and shuffle them around you start to become familiar with the 
the whatever is drawn on it or designed on it. And so then they start to feel like like you know what's in the deck. And then when you pull the card, you're like, oh, this one, oh, that one. And it's not this, it doesn't feel like there's this wall between you and the card and what it's trying to tell you. Exactly. Um, I'm gonna tell you this, and this might seem really super simple and obvious to people, but I'm saying it because people have asked me and they felt really dumb for asking me and I don't think it's a dumb thing to ask so I'm going to cover it for people so that um because I think people deserve answers to their questions <laughs> without shame but everyone says, and I remember wondering this too when I got my very first deck too like how do you shuffle these because they're the size of your hand they're not playing cards um, and when they come out of the box they're really stiff so people are like am I supposed to split them and then do the like the bridge thing that you do when you shuffle a deck of cards to play go fish um no you uh, you can but at first you're gonna you're gonna mess them up they're gonna get like you're gonna bend them um and you're gonna scrape the edges of them so what you do is you just hold it in one hand and then with your other hand you just sort of pick them up and just drop them on the other side just to shuffle them up a little bit. So you're holding it in your, your dominant hand and then dropping little chunks of them onto the other side of the pile so that they're, they're mixing up with each other. Yes. And so Jamie is demonstrating it and you guys can't see, but what I'm picturing, what, what I'm seeing is like when you, you know, when you see like a dealer dealing like an actual deck cards they do the shuffly thing together but then they do that thing in between where they're just like switching hands with the deck like a little bit that's yeah. what Jamie's talking about that's what that and and I and don't quote me on that like I do see some people on Instagram who are literally doing that like the full show off shuffle like cool if you if you can do that and not flip them all over your living room which is what would happen if I did it cool do that but I don't want someone being like, I don't want your first step with your first deck to already make you feel like you're messing something up. Okay. Yeah. Those, those cards are like stiff when you first get them and usually very sticky. So if you go to like, try to shuffle it like that, when you first get them, that's going to be difficult. It gets easier as they get more like used and pliable. Yeah, exactly. As you start like bending them with your hands and, and then, then they're super easy to use. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Oh, and then, so you get comfortable with them, you shuffle them. And then I, and then I know that this might seem tedious to some people. And then some people might love this idea, but lots of people suggest literally just looking at the cards, like going through one at a time. Okay. This is, you know, this is the Miriam card, the sacred vision. This is the life force card. I'm literally pulling them as I'm talking. This is the soul flame card. Just look at them and see what you pick up. Something might stand out to you. It might be the color. It might be a design on it. It might be one particular detail or it might be the the general idea of the entire picture together. So look at that. See what sticks out to you. So that, that way, as you're getting to know the deck, these things are going to pop out to you and they're going to start to mean different things to you. Yes. And even if something about the card like it makes you feel something and that's not written anywhere or it makes you think of something or a person that overrides in my opinion anything on the card pay attention to that that was actually my next point which is that when you're pulling a card and and you're like this doesn't exactly make sense to me i don't really get it look at the look at the actual card 
I think a lot of us want to skip right to the meaning and look at the words. Look at the card because it might not, the words might not mean anything for what you're asking about, but the picture might. Or it might be, you know, you might be looking, you know, let's use the dead grandmother again, like we always do. Like you might be wanting a message from your dead grandmother and the cards about like your your twin flame or like something like that. And you're like, that's not my grandmother. But then you look and the card is like her, her, her favorite color or it has her favorite bird on it or something like that. That is also a message that also is is the meaning. Yes. When so many times people will say, can you tell me what, why I got that card? Right. My first question is, well, what happened when you saw or read it or heard it or looked at it? Like, what did you feel? What did you think about? So if you ask for the dead grandma card and you get, you know, the twin flame card, but it's got her favorite bird on it, you probably would, your answer would be, oh, I, I noticed that bird and I felt like really close to her. Well, that's what it meant. Right. Exactly. And I think sometimes we want like a very super specific message and it's not always going to be like that, especially when you're first starting to work with intuition. Um, And and you also, you also have to ask questions in a way that the deck can actually guide you to to answers. Correct. Exactly. Right. And then that's what learning and be familiarizing yourself with your deck will help you do is that then you're going to be able to understand what what type of question to ask yes because you're going to know the details of the deck itself i would say that's the most common um i don't know if i want to call it a mistake misconception i don't know that people do when they ask me for a card on social media they'll they'll write their question and it will be like what should i say to joe schmo next tuesday about this situation right and and I'm not making fun of them. It happens all oh. the time. It's that like, that's too specific. And you're gonna, it's not that the card isn't going to answer because it is, but you're going to miss the message because you're looking for something too specific. Does that make sense? Yes. And the, the better fit for a question would be, how do I approach this conversation I have to have on Tuesday? Exactly. Give me some guidance about this situation or this conversation or this person. If you ask it like that, then you are going in more open-ended and then you're going to hear the message or feel the message in a different way. Right. So like, what energy do I need to bring to this? What energy do I need to solve this problem? Not like I'm fighting with my boyfriend and I don't know, are we going to stay together or not? But if you pull a card of like, what do I need to make this relationship work or or what does this relationship need from me, blah, 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 something like that, then you're going to find yourself a lot less frustrated with any card that you pull. Yes. And to the same point, I know that this wasn't like, let's give advice on how to ask about cards, but to the (laughs) same point, don't ask a yes or no question because yes or no questions, intuition does not work in yes or no. Like it does not work that way. So if do the thing that you're feeling. So like, if you're like, you know, should I go to this party? Yes or no. Um, say instead, I think I want to go to this party. Can What kind of guidance do you have about the party? If right. you shouldn't go, you'll be able to tell in the car. Like, but asking yes or no is not going to work. Exactly. Agreed. And, I, and also now that I hear you asking the cards a question, another question I get a lot is like, do I say it out loud? Do I ask it in my head? Um, you can do both. I think 
I know when I first started, I would say them out loud, like, what do I need to know about this? Just because it felt like it wasn't legit enough or something. I don't know. I don't know what my ego, my ego was just like running all over me. Um, but now it's literally just like a thought. I don't even actually form like a full sentence in my mind. It's just like an idea that I tap into. Um, and that happens. Yeah. So, and some people, some people love saying it out loud and right. some people don't like to, it really is just what works for you. Again, you're going to find that message from us forever. Like go back and listen to the old episodes. If you haven't, that's the recurring theme for us is do what works for you. Don't do something that feels disingenuous. Put that on the t-shirt on our imaginary merch line. <laughs> exactly. Um, and actually, this leads to this theory that I really want to talk about. Um, I think it spans more than just Oracle cards, but this is where I sort of had to teach myself this, my own lesson with this was that, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember hearing someone else say this. So I, maybe I made up this phrase. I'm not sure, but I call it energetic integrity. Ooh, I don't know if you made it up either, but I let's pretend that you did. If okay. you didn't, so, we're, we're saying you did. Trademark so, Jean. I'm the founder of Energetic Integrity. <laughs> I'll be teaching a class with certifications on it. No, <laughs> you can't um, use it unless you're certified. <laughs> you're gonna trademark it. Um, but what I what I felt was happening when I was pulling a card, and I swear, if you say this that you didn't do this, you're a liar that when you first start working with oracle cards or tarot cards or anything like that you pull a card you look at it and you're like nope not that one <laughs> that that's not the card for me that's not the card that i wanted mm -hmm. stop yes mm -hmm. it is there are no wrong cards so that's what i mean by energetic integrity is that if you pull a card it's for a reason and so you got to sit with that yeah, Jay, I have pulled a card, been like, no, reshuffled and pulled the same damn card again. Like, I have done that. And I, I confession, basically, if I ever get the tower in tarot, I do that. I'm like, nope. <laughs> it comes up again. I'm like, damn it. You can't run away from the card. Hold on to it. It might not make sense right away, but it will. Right. Well, and that's the thing that you always say is like, if a card doesn't make sense when you pull it right now, just put it in the back of your mind. And in a couple hours or a couple days, you're going to be like, oh, that's what that card meant. I get it now. It, you know, be gentle with yourself. Give yourself some grace. Like, let let the message come to you. Don't force it. Um, but I just want people to realize that I know it's easy to be like, nope, we're going to try this again. But if you actually sit with the card and you give your intuition and yourself the chance to figure it out, you're actually strengthening your own intuition by doing that. Yes. And if you had a big reaction to like a card, negative or positive, it's definitely right. your card. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I mean, I, I know people want to force the answer. Like, I, that's what I feel like you should you should be using these cards as I think of. Oracle cards and Heather, you can, you know, give us your own opinion. But for me, an Oracle deck is just an extension of my own energy that I can then literally tap into, pick one out and see it a little more clearly than it is like in my head or in my thoughts. So if I'm looking for a specific answer, you know, do I break up with him or 
You know what I mean? Or do I quit my job? But you want you you already know the answer before you pull the card, then that's your answer, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you're saying if you want the card to say no, stay with him, then look at that part. That's what you should be looking at, not the card. Exactly. Notice what's happening inside of you as you're pulling the card. It's going to tell you just as much as when you when you flip them over and read them. Right. right. So I don't think that this is. I know like if someone who, you know, doesn't know anything about intuition or anything like that sees me with an Oracle deck, they're like, Oh, you're going to read, are you going to read my future? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not what's happening here. Like this is just a way it's like an energy translator. It's like a way to tap into my energy or whoever's asking me for assistance to tap into their energy and translate it into this card so that it's easier to decipher at the moment. Yes. And you know what? It's so fun to pull cards for other people. Obviously, I love to do that. If you follow me on any social media, I do it all the time. But cards, I think for yourself, are the best because we muddle up our stuff. We muddle it. We overthink about it. We are emotionally invested, so it makes it hard to intuitively get to it. So pulling yourself a card helps override some of that it helps you like cut through some of that bs stuff because like let's face it giving intuitive advice to other people is a way easier than tapping into your own stuff absolutely i agree with you 100 percent um so then from there we only have a couple more steps left um if you look in the book that comes with your deck or you can google them thousands of them but there's always examples of spreads that you can do So beyond pulling one card, there are all kinds of spreads, which means that you pull three cards and then you lay them out in front of you. Sometimes that's in a specific shape or sometimes it's just like first, second and third card. Um, And each card has a different meaning. So some of these spreads, the, the more basic ones have generally like three cards that would be past, present and future or um, situation, challenge and guidance. So the first card would be um, information about the situation. The second card you pull would give you information about like what the challenge is for that situation. The third card would be guidance for that spe- that situation in the challenge. See what I mean? Yeah. And I think you can feel free to invent your own if you want to. I do that. So many people do that. Like you do that for your um, your monthly group that you run and everyone gets to, to pull one. Um, and I think that they're really, that just makes it even more specific for you. If you have a question about something, it it lets you sort of break down what you need to know, um, a little bit more thoroughly. Yes. Um, and so then after three cards, there's a five card reading, which would be like situation, challenge, guidance, and then focus where you put your energy and then outcome, which would be like what the outcome may be. Um, and then there's the Celtic cross, which you'll see a lot that card that that spread is 10 cards and I've done them before and I actually find them really enlightening and really helpful, but they're also very confusing. Yeah, like great. until you memorize what all 10 spots are, you're sort of doing this, like checking your notes, like, okay, the third card means this. And then I pulled this card. So that means that it just takes work. It just takes some time to get used to it. 
It does. It's super fun, but you're right. And you know, those are extra fun to do with a buddy because like the person can keep track for you. You know what I mean? And like, that is extra helpful, but you're right. Super fun, super enlightening, but definitely not something you're going to do in like two minutes. Right. And then there's always the, um, the clarity card or something. Um, I mean, there are different names for it, but if you pull a card and it makes sense, but you want a little bit more information, you can then pull a second card. And that's what most people call like a clarity card to give you like a little bit more information about what the first card was telling you. Yes. I love doing that. Yeah. So I think that that's about it for Oracle cards. I mean, that actually was a lot of information. It was. And all I'll say is like, if you have a deck or you're thinking of getting one, get one. And just like, when you get up in the morning, pull yourself a card. That's a really good way to start your day. And don't even ask a question. Cause like, I don't know about you, but like, I can't think of a question before I've had any coffee. Yes. So I'll just pull it. I don't even look at it for a little while. And then I go look at it and I just go like, Hmm, I wonder what that has to do with me or like what that triggers in me or, or whatever. And like, don't put anything on it. Just like go with it. Like, I think that's super helpful and it gets you connected to your deck too. Absolutely. So I'm going to, like I said before, I'm going to post that Mary Magdalene card um, in the show notes and I want you all to go look at it and I want you to really look at it. And so I want you to let us know either through the website or through our Instagram page um, or just message one of us and let us know what stands out to you because it might not be the message. You might not feel like teaching is your path or that like you have a lot to educate people on, which I doubt. I think we all have a lot to educate people on, but look at the card, look at the red in it. Look at, look at the drawing of her. Um, think about what the name Mary means for you. Um, do all that and then let us know. I would love to hear what you specifically pick up about the card. Oh my gosh. Yes. We, love feedback from you guys. We love when you message us or email us. We, we like text each other about it in like very excited ways. Like we want to hear from you and we really try to listen and incorporate what you're asking and saying and all that kind of stuff. So please do. And like, we would be so thrilled to hear your interpretation of the card pull for yourself. We would literally love it. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear it. I'd love to hear how it, how all of your different Claire's are processing it. Yes. Awesome. Well, Jay, that was, that was super awesome. Um, let's go pull some cards for each other. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls.